You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with Valerie Reese. She's a writer, editor, and author extraordinaire for Faithful Pen. Valerie, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. This is uh, you've been a huge, you've been a huge blessing to our ministry and um, some of our clients. And so I'm excited to talk writing and and uh, all things content creation with you. Can you tell us a little bit about your company organization? How did you get started in this career of writing and and editing and authoring books and all the things that you're doing with your skills? Well, um, my organization is me, myself, and I. We work pretty well (laughs) together. Um, And I got started uh, with blogging and editing back in 2017. Okay. I've always, I've always loved doing all of these things, but just couldn't really find an outlet for it. Um, didn't really have a, a message to tell, I guess you could say, until that point in life. And um, so I started because I loved it. it. Really wasn't making any money. It was a you know a passion, mm-hmm. and I've learned and grown along the way and just loved it so much that I wanted to make it my livelihood. So it's just come about over the years. Awesome. And so just out of this passion to write and create content spurred this, this little company and, and how did you specifically find yourself writing in the ministry space? Was that always something that you wanted to do with your skills, like kingdom focused, gospel centered, uh, focus to your writing, or did that come about as you started jumping into this this whole career? That that came about on its own, and that actually was how how I started how I started writing. Is um, I had been very very sick with a rare brain disease, and it just really kind of brought me to my knees and. Mm. You know, faith had always been a really big part of my life. You know, I was baptized as a baby, grew up going to church every week. You know, it, um, you know, I was reading my Bible to myself when I was a child and, mm. and throughout college and that kind of thing. So it was always very important to me. But I, I, I'd always, I'd known there had to be more, but I didn't know how to get that, you know, and um the illness just kind of brought me to a, a place where I just wanted to give up. You know, is is that place where you, it's not necessarily that you want to die, but you just don't want to live like this anymore. Mm. Um, and it just came to a moment where I was passed out on the road sick um, and a, a farmer drove by and picked me up. And, and with that interaction as he was caring for me, um, I just saw something in his eyes that just lit a fire in me. And mm. when I went back a couple days later to thank them for rescuing me, um, I gave them, I had no idea who they were, um, but I gave them a card that said something about thank you for being my angel, and it had a Bible verse on it. And the lady, um, it, it was the, the gentleman who had saved me, it was her, it was his daughter-in-law, and she just squealed, oh, we just love Jesus. Uh. And, and just when she said that, you know, again, just something in me just lit up. And... I, all I wanted was my Bible. I couldn't stand the crap I was listening to on the radio anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. All I wanted to 
do is listen to Christian music. And all I wanted to read was my Bible. All I wanted to do was just go closer to Jesus and that's it. Um, and then, um, I went to a weekend women's retreat with my mom and a friend and I came back to the hotel the first night and it just, I just knew that was it. And I told them both, I said, I am going to use my words for Jesus. I am going to Mm. write for Jesus. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like, but that's what I'm going to do. And I came home and started looking at all those, you know, articles online. Where can I do something like this? Learned that those articles were called blogs and (laughs) just kind of went from there. Um, And at that same time, you know, as I was kind of growing in my faith and I was talking um, with my best friend with Natalie and um, she was asking me questions about how to get into your Bible and how to grow in your faith and go closer to Jesus. And I thought, you know what, that's what I'll start writing. So, so that's, that's how, that's how I started. I started a blog so I could answer my best friend's questions. Interesting. See, out of, out of a desire just to, to share what was going on in your own life, kind yeah. of communi- communicate the feelings and emotions that you were going through through that period of time when you were sick and share the experience you had with that farmer who found you on the side of the road. You wanted to communicate those things and get them out of maybe your headspace and onto a piece of paper with pen. Mm-hmm. And it just became something like, hey, I could do this a little bit yeah. more more often than I maybe originally thought. I just absolutely loved it. And I I just could not, not write, you know, mm. and that was kind of a, a big part of my journey too, is that that moment when you first call yourself a writer and mm. um, my mentor, Kim Stedman, um, she had said that it, a writer is someone who can't not write. And mm. that, that first time that, that I realized, you know what? Yeah, I'm a writer. It, it, it's just a really neat thing to own that yeah yeah it becomes became probably a part of your identity and oh absolutely yeah recognizing how you were wired specifically Mm -hmm. uniquely do you would you say you were called into this line of work or was it this natural path as you as you pursued your passions and giftings well both i mean it's i'd always you know even in high school you know i i had that skill. Um, I had to take remedial high school math my freshman year of college, but I was always a a skilled writer. Mm. And, um, you know, like I said, just didn't know what to do with it. And, um, but that, that calling, you know, came from that women's conference. And then um, where I am now and what I'm doing with it just kind of came in the journey. You know, I went from blogging, um, editing, um, writing books, you know, now kind of focused on the marketing space um, because um, I wanted a way that I could do this for a living. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the part of it, be, there probably became a, a, necessi- a, a necessity right. to, to use these in order to use these skills, there had to be some type of sustainability model right. in that. Right. Exactly. I wanted it to be more than more than a hobby. Interesting. Uh, you mentioned Kim, your mentor. Is is she who has supported you and mentored you along the way as you've pursued these gifts and, and figuring out how to apply them and, and make a living out of this? Yeah. Uh, there has been a number of people that have just been really pivotal as I, as I've grown kind of from one stage to another, um, Natalie being the first, she was always my biggest supporter, my biggest fan. Even what I wrote was total crap. She still told me how wonderful <laughs> it was, but, uh, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, Kim Stedman, she is a mentor and publisher, um, primarily through her coaching and Facebook group on Write More Right Now. 
Okay. Um, and she just really encouraged me. Um, it's her, just her overall way and how she does things is that, you know, yeah, you know, we have our prescribed ways that, that things need to be done. Yes, there's rules in writing and, mm-hmm. and you know, we need to know SEO and that kind of thing. But the bottom line is, is that if you need to write, you just write. And it mm. doesn't matter if nobody sees it. It, you know, you write because you have to write and that's it. Mm. And it just, just that encouragement and that freedom um, was just really important, you know, and then she just gave me a lot of the skills that I needed as well. Um, another person that was very pivotal in in me learning you know not only the skill of writing but um that the web skills you know seo Mm -hmm. and the social media and the graphic design and um heather hart with candidly christian Um, that's where i first started writing online um i was a shortly after i came back from that women's conference and learned what a blog was and looked for, okay, what is something that I would want to do? And when mm. I found Candidly Christian, that that was it. I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I did a guest post uh, for her and then came on as one of her writers. Um, and she, uh, you know, with the illness that I had, the, kind of the main thing of it was just incredible migraines. And at that time, she was struggling with that as well. You know, I was recovered by that time. Um, But my heart just ached for her. And I kept on asking, can I help you? Can I help you? Um, And long story short is I wound up running the website um, in a team of nine other writers, you know, and doing the majority of that under her direction. Um, Mm. And so it, 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 turned out to kind of be a, a mentorship, uh, not a, well, mentorship, but an internship kind of. Yeah. You know, I, I learned so much. Um, Crash course. It, very much so. So much by doing. And I think the biggest thing I learned from her is, is just the, the grace, you know, mm. working in the, I came from the corporate world and coming into the ministry world is a very different mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, where, yeah, you, you, you give of yourself everything that you can. You want to do your best. You want to do excellent work um, that is going to glorify God. But at the end of the day, the only thing that is perfect is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And whatever you do with, with the best of your skills, the, the rest you leave to him and trust him to do it. And if you know what, it's, if it's late, that's okay because Jesus knows who needs it. He always knew mm-hmm. it was going to be two days late. He always knew you were going to screw it up. He always knew, you know, and and these are the things that, that he works with. And you just trust in that and go with that. And you have to give yourself that same grace that he died to give you. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. So th- that's that's uh, that's cool that you were able to recognize the, the differences and the, some of the beauty of working in the ministry space. Yeah. And the, yeah that he can take something broken and messy and here's my best and turn it into something beautiful mm-hmm. for the right time at the right moment. Yep. That's awesome. What are some of the challenges and struggles you've run into as you've pursued a writing career? Just a lot to learn. Um, mm. Figuring out the tools, getting over yourself with the whole marketing thing. Um, mm-hmm. advertising, you know, is, it, there's so many of us, we just want to write. Um, yeah. but you, you have to, you have to get yourself out there and, and that's, that's hard. Um, a lot of it is just, just finding, finding my place. Um, one, um, another person that was really, you know, pivotal in helping me find that um is Sharon Gibson she gave me she's an editor she gave me an opportunity to edit her book um and give me feedback and Mm. that's you know I just learned so much from that experience and that's how I fell in love with editing um, and have learned and grown so much from that and so Mm. yeah the the main you know in in learning and figuring out the tools that you need finding your place, finding your message, 
for me, all of those things came in prayer and in community. Um, mm. y- you, you can't, you can't do this alone. Yeah. Have there, have there been moments in your career where, like I look back on my, my early years in the creative space, starting in photography and some of the things you've said already have, um, uh, I've, I'm, I'm, able, I'm able to relate to, and I've experienced yeah. similar things in the photography space, like having this passion and all I wanted to do was take photos. I wasn't really re- very good at the beginning, but I just wanted to continue to photograph people and, and create and create and create art and shoot and shoot and shoot. And over mm-hmm. the process of doing that, pursuing that passion side, like the skills came as I just did it. I, I just knew that I yeah. had to take images. I had to take pictures. I had to create. And the skills came along the journey. Um, the same thing with the rules you talked about, knowing the rules so I know what things I can and can't break. I know when I am breaking yeah. a rule, I have a justification for doing that. So some of those things have related to me. But on the on the challenge and struggle side, like there be no matter how passionate I was in photography, there were moments when I was burnt out and just was doing mm-hmm. it for the sake of doing it or doing it for the sake of business and not for the sake of mm-hmm. the creative process and the joy and passion I found in creating. Yeah. Have there been moments in your writing career when, um, yes, this is something you're passionate about and something you love and you have to do, but where you've just been burnt out and uh, I don't want to do this anymore or I don't want to do this right now. I t- I'm yeah. just over it. Like, has that process... <laughs> Have you come up against that that barrier in your journey as a writer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was about a year ago, a little more than that. Um, in managing Kimley Christian, and and you know, of course, COVID, you know, impacted everything for everybody. And um, so we'd had plans to publish different books throughout the course of time, but then things got delayed because of COVID. So then we were publishing them all last fall. Mm. Um, And at the same time that these books were coming out, um, Heather got gravely, gravely ill. We almost Mm. lost her to COVID. Um, So all of these things came on me all at the same time. Um, And by the end of it, we were both burnt out. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's nobody's fault. It's just how things happened, you know, and, um, you know, and, and yeah, I just, I didn't have anything left. I didn't want to quit, but I definitely needed a break. Mm. Um, and so we did that. We, we took a break and, um, I really, I struggled. I really kind of felt like part of me was dead. Um, but yet I didn't know how to get out of it, you know, and I'd try to write it and I just couldn't, you know, and, and then, you know, life keeps going and, and we had family issues to resolve. And, and the more I tried to go back to the writing, I, I just couldn't. And, and truly what brought me out of that was finding Reliant. Um, mm. and the, the, the courses that you have, I knew that I wanted to get back into it and I was looking for a way to do that. Um, and when I found those courses and, and the things that you taught and your passion for story, that just, that just woke me back up. And I wrote for the first time in six months. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. When you told me that story the first time, that was a huge encouragement to us and to me specifically, like the effort and time we had put into those pieces, just sharing our passion for story and storytelling mm-hmm. and this, this hope and dream that the church would wake up to the importance and value and significance and implications of what story and storytelling and testimony can be to mm-hmm. hear you share that story for the first time was really impactful because, you know, you put out content, you put out educational stuff and who knows who's listening, who's yeah. watching, who's using the, the stuff. Um, and to hear that it had impact on your life like that in such mm-hmm. a way that, that, um, 
you wanted to get back into writing and get back into pursuing this passion that you had and it yeah. sp- sparked and reunited this um, this interest and passion for writing and storytelling that was huge and so um, thank you for sharing that and and for that encouragement because yeah um, it's yeah you just never know <laughs> um, talk to us about why you believe written word is so important. Um, I think a, a lot of the power in the written word is in the permanence. Mm. It's, it's everlasting. And, you know, you, you can read it over and over again. You can get something different out of it every time. Um, it's, it, you know, when you speak something, those who are within volume will hear it and then it's gone mm-hmm. the written word people a hundred years from now can can read our things and and it's it's amazing how things i write i hear from people on the other side of the world and mm. i know that if there's that one then how many others are there and how many others will there be long after i'm gone And, you know, that there's a reason contracts are in writing because because of that Mm. power, because of that permanence of the written word. Um, Mm. When it's in writing, it's official. And it just has it it just has such impact. Yeah. Well, you think about the impact of the scriptures and the word Mm -hmm. and how how the Bible talks about the word and how the word became flesh and how. Mm-hmm. Like language and linguistics are such an in- integral part in, yeah, um, in being a people and created in the image of God and like with language and culture that comes with that, with the significance of language um, and the written word in the establishment and and building and raising up of nations and yeah, like l- nations being rooted in some of those foundational linguistic language mm-hmm. written word fundamental elements. Um, there's our scriptures and our God is interested in word and specifically the written word mm-hmm. um, that I don't think we take, I at least have not, I think maybe I've taken it for granted and well, not sure. yeah. um, understood the significance of mm-hmm of the written word and not just in the context of the Bible, but everywhere else in all of our Mm -hmm. spheres of life. And so, um, man, there's so much value in it. And in a world where everything seems to be moving digital and everything seems to be moving to photo and to video and platforms that are gigantic, like the Facebooks of the world that are saying within the next few years, there won't be a single word written on those sites. It'll all be images and iconography and video driven. Um, In this world where there's this like shift taking place, I think the tendency is for us to care less and less about the written word. And man, there's, I, I think that there's something dangerous about that. And um, something that we need to take care about, at least within the context of, of the church and, mm-hmm. and the ministry world. Like there's, there's still always going to be value in the written word. Um, and there's not, there's, there's a reason why God chose to speak to us through his word and through scripture and the written, there's value in that. And so, um, I wonder what your thoughts are on all on all of that stuff. Well, there's I think there's a reason why the Ten Commandments had to be written in stone. You mm. know, it, those God wanted that to be permanent. He wanted people to refer to that as a reminder, just like the stone monuments were a reminder. And yeah. I think you know there there absolutely is value, immense value in photography and film and, 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 you know, all these different kinds of communication. Uh, but I've, I don't believe that the written word 
will ever die. It's it's part of who we are. People were were writing stories on cave walls before they had before they even had words, mm. and you know that that was how they told stories was with their drawings. And yes, you may call that art, but it's still how they wrote their stories. Right, <laughs> and that it's it's part of who we are as as human beings. Hmm. To what, what advice would you give ministry leaders who might maybe not have a content strategy plan for their ministry? Maybe, maybe they're telling, um, maybe they're informing their audiences on what's going on in the ministry. Maybe they're educating a little bit, creating resources for their ministry and their mm-hmm. audiences. Um, but maybe they don't have a, a solid content strategy, production strategy. Um, what are some ways that they can use the written word to be more effective at building audience, communicating to pre-existing audiences? Um, what advice would you give in that space? Well, I actually just uh, wrote an article for our sister company for Click Nonprofit about that very thing. Mm. Um, my um, it was church blogging for beginners. And my my advice is just start. And, you know, there, there's always so there's I think that a lot of ministries and I know a lot of us as bloggers and online content creators are just overwhelmed by all of the the rules and, and the statistics and the information and how long it should be and how often you should do it. And da, 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 da. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what? Just do it. Just, mm. it, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just start mm. to, and, and run from there. You know, you can get a little better as, as you go um, and you'll learn and, and pick up traffic from there. But it's, I, I, I think that desire that, you know, it, it has to be a certain way or not at all is paralyzing. Mm. And, polished, polished and perfect or nothing. Yeah. And I, I just, I want ministry leaders to feel that it's okay to just do a lousy job at first, you know, and then mm. it's all right. <laughs> you, you just yeah. got to start somewhere and give yourself that permission, give yourself that grace. Well, what I've found is most most ministry leaders, executives, marketing directors, whoever it is that is leading this side of the ministry, what I've found is most of them are brilliant, brilliant thinkers and have so much um, so much to say. They have so so many ideas and um, and and man, the the value in getting that out of their mind and onto a piece mm-hmm. of paper, whether it's perfect and exactly how it should be right out of the gate um, or not, there's, there's value in that. And, mm-hmm. and, and the written word can be an incredible tool to get those ideas out on paper and then begin to reshape and restructure and re-strategize yeah. or re-whatever and turn it into something that could be beneficial for the ministry. I think there's two things that can help with that. Um, one is, you know, long before you publish, just whether it's on the keyboard or whether it's, you know, old school on paper, just write whatever is in your head. For mm. a lot of people, their journals become their books. They had yeah. no intention of doing a book, but it turns mm. into a devotion. And these were just their journals. And, you know, and a lot of times, um, with my writing too, I just, I have really don't even know what I'm doing. I write just to get the clutter out of my head and mm. then it turns into something neat. Um, yeah. And what really helps though, and I think that this would be valuable for ministries trying to, to get those ideas out of their head and trying to begin telling those stories is just, Determine what is your main point. What is one thing you want your audience to get out of this piece? Mm. And write to that. Speak to that. That is your bullseye. Focus on it. Just one thing. Mm. And go with it. Yeah. On that, even the application for 
most our audience knows that we are super passionate and interested in story and storytelling and testimony. And this idea that we have to constantly come up with something and be creative in, in the kind of type of content that we're creating as a ministry it can be debilitating, especially when we're talking about education and resources and informational content. It can be debilitating to come up with something new um, mm-hmm. over the course of, you know, if if our content strategies require consistency and regularity of content output, mm-hmm. to do that for the next five to 10 years to be relevant and break through the noise in a digital space, that can be overwhelming. Um, and it can feel like, well, I'm just going to eventually run out of things to say. And so that I think is the power and value. One of the powerful things about story and storytelling, especially in the ministry space where we serve a God who is always actively at work, rescuing, redeeming Mm -hmm. and, um, saving and healing and pulling people, inviting people into right relationship with himself and all the things that come with that. There are an infinite number of stories to tell, not only globally as a big C church body, mm-hmm. but within every single ministry that we've ever run into, there are thousands of stories to tell. And so there is no end to the amount of content that we can produce as a no. church if we simply say, hey, we're going to document what God is doing. And that doesn't have to mm-hmm. be in photo and film form. Mm-hmm. We encourage ministries all the time. Like there's, there's, plenty of opportunity just to say, hey, we're going to tell this story in written form, especially when you're talking about um, what we would call participants and mm-hmm. historically would be oh, maybe, sure. maybe classified as a beneficiary. Those stories, um, oftentimes those people don't want to be on camera. They don't want to be in yeah. front of uh, yeah. a, a film crew and being turned in, they're having their story turned into a documentary, mm-hmm. but they're more than welcome to say, Hey, I'll share my story. And you're more oh, than yeah. welcome to share it in written form. And so there's so many opportunities to create content and, and content that is, um, that is valuable. We're talking mm-hmm. in the content strategy space. We talk in the marketing space, we talk about value, providing value to our audience up front before we ask anything of them. And man, there is so much value. There's intrinsic value in the story mm-hmm. of a transformed life. Yep. And when we simply say, hey, we're just going to testify of what God's doing and document through written word or through film or through photos paired with the written word, um, there's more content that we could ever produce. And it just requires us to ask the right questions mm-hmm. and put that story down on paper and send it out into into a the world where our audiences can see it and consume it and read it. And Mm -hmm. so, and there's so much opportunity. And so, like you said, we would just encourage ministry and ministry leaders to just start, start somewhere, Mm -hmm. just start doing it. And you'll find yourself getting into this practice. You talked about um, just starting. And then oftentimes ministries find themselves like with a book that they're now have so much content that they could write a book or, or you've you've experienced that yourself. That's my experience. Like I didn't ever set out to write. Period. When I did, <laughs> it it wasn't with this end goal of creating a book. I just wanted to get my thoughts down on paper and share uh-huh. it. And then it became coursework. And then it became, I mean, it just became so much more. And it steamrolled and snowballed into this yeah. thing where now I've got enough content on my hands. With and it's been super helpful to have you a part of the team, to where like there's we're now looking into writing a book, man. Oh yeah. A year and a half ago, you, if you had told me, uh, Zach, you might be writing a book here coming up pretty soon, I would have laughed at you and said, Yeah, that's nonsensical. I'm out. Are you looking to grow your ministry but don't have the money or marketing knowledge to make that happen? There's good news. Google offers an advertising grant to churches and ministries that is worth $10,000 per month. This means that if your ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit, you are eligible to receive $120,000 per year in free advertising dollars. This allows you to place ads at the top of Google search results pages and drive thousands of visitors to your ministry website every month. Our sponsor, Click Nonprofit, 
helps your ministry acquire this Google Ad Grant, and then manages your Google Ads to ensure you get the most out of the grant. Schedule a free consultation at clicknonprofit.com to learn more about how this grant can help your specific ministry. Mention the Ministry Growth Show when you sign up to get 20% off your first three months of management. And now <laughs> I, I'm finding myself like, well, hey, this is actually a legitimate possibility and a, and a legitimate pursuit. And, and so, but it just took stepping out and saying, okay, I'll start somewhere and, yeah. and I'll start mm-hmm. creating content and writing and getting it out there. And it's turned into something that I never imagined it would have been and become um, because I just started, I just did it, yeah. even though maybe at the beginning, I didn't necessarily want to. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, for ministry leaders out there, just start somewhere. And maybe if you're, if you feel like there's a bottleneck, I, I know that I had a bottleneck with myself. I had all these ideas. I was writing occasionally, um, but I couldn't write quick enough and fast enough. It was just all bottlenecked at myself with all the other things that I had going on in ministry. Mm -hmm. And so bringing Valerie on to help um, undam that bottleneck (laughs) has been huge in the output of our content. And so if you have ideas and you think you want to write and you'd like to get your ideas out on paper, like having somebody like a Valerie, a content creator that can come in and help you get your thoughts down on paper and publish stuff and get it out there for people to read and consume. It has been a huge, huge blessing for me. Um, and it's been significant for our ministry and in just our content strategies and, and the amount of content that we're putting out and the traffic that that brings and all the things that come along with that from a marketing standpoint. Um, but other, other implications for sure. So, um, hopefully that's an encouragement to ministry leaders. Like there is, there's ways to get it out and it doesn't have to back up and bottleneck at, at you, the ministry leader. No, no. And another thing I'd like to bring to that too, that idea of, of having to pump out original content all the time, Mm. um, that that was paralyzing for me for a while too. You know, you got to write something different. You got to do something new, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and even in marketing, you know, book marketing, they tell you to look and see what hasn't been written before. Like really, really thinks there's something out there that hasn't been written before. Yeah. Nothing, nothing new under the sun. (laughs) Right. Um, But the thing is, is here's where I got over that um, with two stories. Um, who did Jesus say was the greatest man to ever live before or ever would be? Hmm. John the Baptist. Right. He had one job. He had one message, one mm-hmm. story to tell. He didn't have to write new content every single day. He didn't change his message every single day. He had one message, and that is why he was born. Mm-hmm. And even Jesus, when so when he was in the temple, when he first revealed that that he was the Son of God, um, when he not in the temple, but um, it, I think he was in a synagogue, like in mm-hmm. his hometown, and he read the the verses from Isaiah, and mm-hmm. said, "These scriptures have been fulfilled in your hearing." Um, mm-hmm. I went down a total rabbit hole with that scripture for months um mind maps and the whole shebang um jesus had like five jobs to free the captives to heal the sick to give sight to the blind hope to the poor you know it was like whatever Mm -hmm. it was i know i'm not saying the exact verses correctly but even jesus did not have unlimited messages and content he had like five or six main things that he came to do god Mm. the savior of the world came to earth with just a few priorities Mm -hmm. you really think he expects us to come up with something different every day yeah you you have a message just tell it Mm. yeah i grew up listening to um, Matt Chandler, <clears throat> who's a pastor out of Texas, he's 
fairly famous and he is famous for um, joking about, but legitimately he gives the same sermon every single Sunday. He just says the yeah. same thing a different way yep. every single time, because as believers, we need to be reminded of the gospel oh, for sure. daily. Right. And so yep. he just, he, in some way, shape or form, whatever he's preaching on, whatever he's working through, whether yeah. it's an entire book on Matthew or topical series or whatever, everything centers and comes back to the gospel and yep. how that scripture that he might be working through relates to Jesus as the fulfillment of such and such verse or such and such mm-hmm. pastor or, uh, passage or, or whatever. Yep. He's, he jokes about it often. It's like, I have the same sermon. You guys are going to get tired of it over the course of me being a pastor at this church, but I'm going to continue to say the same thing over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Um, and so this idea that we have to be, have a unique, I, I think the uniqueness comes out in our voice, what we're saying yeah. doesn't necessarily is not doesn't necessarily have to be new and unique. There's no way it's going to be. Like we said, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, the uniqueness comes in your voice and your identity mm-hmm. and your you, where you're coming from with your story yep. um, as you share the content that you're writing. Um, can you share your writing and creative process with us and our audience? Well, it's kind of a systemized chaos. Um, <laughs> um, basically, when I, you know, after all the, you know, research and, you know, word studies and all that kind of, you know, all that kind of stuff, when I actually start writing, um, I have found the greatest freedom in writing my first rough draft with my eyes closed. Mm. <laughs> and it's it's a goofy thing I discovered by accident. Um, I think a lot of it is that it's it's the only way to turn off my editor brain, mm. so I c- I can just be creative. Um, and just flow. it just helps me to just get all the thoughts out. You know, just mm. as I would speak, I just write. Mm. Um, it was so very freeing to me to learn um, scribe scribes method. They call it scribe or vomiter scribe. Okay. And and it's another very accomplished author. Um, I heard in a, a flourish writers conference one time she said um, that in her writing process that she vomits her words on the page and then rearranges the chunks. I'm like okay. that's me. <laughs> Yeah. It, and that's it you know my first draft is just nasty but that's okay that that's just how you get the ideas out um right. and then um one thing i use i rely on a lot is the navigation pane and word um so like i'll go back and and i can see kind of like the different themes as my thought process went along so i'll put headers in there Mm. so then I can see it as an outline. So then okay. it helped me see the forest for the trees. And mm. then I just kind of weave everything together and rearrange all the chunks. And I read it aloud a lot, um, you know, and, and then I'll get and to... And what started as this big, huge word dump or word vomit in this, yeah. in this analogy becomes something that, forms into something more structured but you have to start you have to get the pieces out on it's like a puzzle like i can't i can't build this puzzle and finish the puzzle unless i've dumped the pieces out on the table Mm -hmm. and i have all the things that i can work with um to start building this thing and so there's a word dump or a word vomit get everything out on that page and then reorganize and restructure once you've gotten all the ideas onto the page interesting that's I would cool. say the most important part of my writing process, though, and the part, you know, that, that I always come to a point where it's like, I don't know what to do with this anymore. Um, mm. And that's the point where I always have to have to stop and pray. Um, mm. I, I ask Jesus, what do you want me to tell people? And he always says, tell them about me. Well, 
you know, one day I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you be a little more specific? Can we narrow this down a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, you know, and, and part of it too, you know, when I'm writing for, for other people and, and this has to be their message, not mine. Mm. Um, and I'm writing for people that I really don't even know. And, mm. but Jesus knows them. He mm. knows their heart. He knows their message. And so I ask him what, you know, what would they, what would they want with this? How, how do I express this idea? You know, what exactly do you, I, I, I'll ask Jesus, what do you want to be the one point of this piece? Mm. And sometimes, you know, a thought will pop right into my head and I know exactly what I have to do. Other times it's just that, like that angst in my gut just kind of leaves. I just kind of get back to work and all of a sudden, oh, that sounds really brilliant. I wrote that. Well, mm. not, not really, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's there, so we'll put my name on it. Yeah, but, um, yeah. That's it. it always it, it always comes to that where I just I need him. I can't do any of this without him. Yeah. Well, one of the things you said that um, I think is cool, and, and what I've recognized and experienced in working with you is uh, what I've been so impressed by is your ability to write and and use or follow the same tone and voice of myself and the ministries and ministry leaders that you're writing for in our client work. Um, where do you think that comes from, that ability to recognize somebody else's voice and tone and how they might talk and speak and ultimately write and then write in that same tone and voice mm-hmm. so that it sounds like at least there's this consistency coming out from yeah. the brand, even though you're author, you're the author of a piece. I might be the author of the next piece. Um, we're not miscommunicating or or saying we're not doing any ghostwriting, but the stuff that's coming out um, from the brand or from the ministry, mm-hmm. whatever ministry it is, all sounds similar. There's consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk a lot about consistency and brand and brand development and and creative and logo creation and colors and, mm-hmm. and video production and, and your message and your communication. Um, there can be consistency in our voice and our tone as a brand and an organization or ministry as well. And that's one of the things I've been so impressed by you. So what does that look like? Where, where does that come from? Do you think? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, well, that it, it was born out of, it, it, it was, Born out of the editor um, in me in uh, a writer's retreat with Christian Book Academy where um, I heard an author who was had gotten her piece back from an editor and was just practically in tears. She was she was just paralyzed. And mm. and I'd heard so many stories like this too, where some of the most accomplished best-selling authors in the world um really don't feel that great about their writing because you know again you know with um when the publishing house gets done editing it it's barely their piece anymore and that just how deflating that is for an author and you know i was an author first um so i i get that these words they're they're your babies and Mm -hmm. this this these things come from your heart so and in hearing this this woman and how defeated she was, it, it just, it just broke my heart. And, you know, she, she was being edited to death Mm. and I just never want to do that to anyone. And the, the ability to discern that voice and actually recreate a voice that's not my own, um, the ability to do it certainly is a gift from God. Absolutely. Mm. It's not something I ever knew that I had or, you know, went out to create. It's just something that has just kind of happened. Um, it, it was more d- discovered than learned. Mm. Um, and the way I do it is by reading 
you know, things that the person has done, um, going through their website, going through content they've created. But what is most important for me to be able to hear that voice is to actually hear their voice. Um, Mm -hmm. I need to meet with my clients. I, I need to know what is your passion? What is your heart? Why did you do this? Why, what got you started? And, um, I like to record these meetings because then I can go back and transcribe and and use those words. So a lot of what I do is not only can I then kind of discern or just kind of sense, but when I hear a person's words, a lot of times as I'm listening to their words, I'm hearing their heart. Mm. And I just have, you know, God has just given me that gift to be able to kick that back out. Um, And when I transcribe the piece, I will use their words. I, mm. It's absolutely what I do. Um, and that's why it sounds the same, because it is. It is your words. And I'm just kind of, you know, again, kind of rearranging the chunks and, and tying everything <laughs> together um, to, to give it flow. But that's, that's cool. how I do it. Yeah, well, it, it's a testament to God's gifting that he's placed mm-hmm. on you and and uh, the just recognizing that we all are wired with different skills, abilities, yeah. giftings, and to watch that particular one for me has been really cool to see. Like, man, this is this is this is fun to watch God's wiring and gifting in you play <laughs> itself out and be a benefit to our ministry, but also. Yeah. It's like, man, it's so cool to see how creative of God we are, that he's wired us all in these different ways. And the, that whole picture of the body of Christ, where the hand is functions in the hand, and the foot functions as the foot, and the eye functions as the eye, and we can come together and make this body that works together and mm-hmm. functions properly, um, that has come alive as I've watched you and your skills and abilities be able to use those for the benefit of our ministry and the ministries that we're serving and and the client work that we're doing. So it's been really cool to watch that and see that play out. Thank you. Um, I think we have time for one more question. Um, We're we're running a little long, but we could talk about this stuff all day. I'm sure. (laughs) How, yeah. how, How do you view, like we're a storytelling ministry. That's what we're passionate about, interested in helping the church testify of all that Jesus is doing. So story is what I love and I'm and so interested in. So I want to talk with you about how you view story and storytelling as a writer. Like what, what is your, do you have a passion for that? Is there, how does that play out in your, the content that you're creating? Sometimes if it's not even a story centered piece, mm-hmm. like what is the value in your perspective of story and storytelling as a writer? Well, it's kind of funny is I, I've always had, I've always had that in me that I knew that this is important and I knew it was powerful. Um, I was always a, a firm believer in, in the power of a testimony to save a transformed, to transform a life um, mm. for both the hearer and the speaker. Um, sharing your testimony is just as powerful as is receiving someone else's testimony. But um, I really didn't have like the the awareness or or words to express that um, or to to identify it really uh, um, until I found Reliant. Um, And, you know, again, started listening to some of those courses and and a lot of the conversations that we've had um, has really helped me to be able to identify and verbalize that and kind of give that that sixth sense in me that I knew was there um, to to give that life. Mm. Oh, cool. Now now I see everything a story. Now it's not. It's like since we um, we've written this book in the last few weeks um it's like now everything i'm seeing as problem solution result it's just easy <laughs> <crazy> now <laughs> yeah well that that definition that we use that's not ours it's robert mckee's but that definition of story that his definition that he uses is conflict changes life when you 
Yeah. When you recognize that definition of story in its most simple form, you look at everything in life differently. You start to realize like, yeah. oh man, I am in the middle of a story right now in my own life. Mm-hmm. I'm in, whether it's the peak or the valley season of your life, whatever that looks like in whatever phase you're in in your life right now, you're in the midst of a story. My, um, You and I had a conversation with Leonard the other day. He told me a couple of months ago um, that God has pen and paper to your story right now, that he's literally writing our stories mm-hmm. as we go. And this whole idea of the sanctification process as believers yeah. is this process of him writing a story and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting this ongoing cycle throughout our lives. As you start to recognize how stories play out not, mm-hmm. and start to recognize them in scripture and then start to recognize them in your own life, you like... I've been so inundated with this stuff for, for all the research that I've done on it that I can start to realize and recognize in my own life, oh man, like right now in this season of my life, I am in the belly of the whale in this yeah. story structure that we talk about. Or I'm, I'm now on the backside of this and, and have experienced this change in my life and I can look back and start applying the challenge or struggle that he walked me through and the lessons that I learned through that process to this next struggle that I'm coming up against in my life. I mean, this is way easier this time around than it was mm-hmm. six months ago or two years ago or whatever. And so when we start recognizing how these stories play out in our own lives and recognize how stories mm-hmm. play out in the lives of others, man, the world opens up to like, yeah. this is, there is so much significance going on around us. Um, and, it's so cool. It's so cool to be able to recognize those things and see like, Hey, this is really similar to what I see in scripture. This is really mm-hmm. similar to what I saw. I see going on in the life of David or the life of Abraham. That's like, there's similarities in my story and what I'm going through right now. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to these characters so much uh, at such a deeper level because I'm recognizing like I'm going through the same stuff right now. I'm yeah. going through, through similar things. And so that's cool that you've been able to, that it's kind of opened that up to you as oh, you've, sure. as you've learned these processes and, 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 and when you structures. can relate to the stories, you can relate to the struggle, you can relate to the hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, as I've, you know, as, as I've been seeing these things and, you know, it, it has a, it has a label now. And just like, I think that story is like, gravity and oxygen is just so inherent that you just don't even mm. realize it's there um, right. until somebody tells you that's what this is, that that mm. thing that keeps you from floating up into the sky while you lose your balloon, but you don't lose, you're still right. standing is that's gravity. And once you understand how gravity works and how to interact with it, you can fly a plane. Right. And, then, you know, so same with story that in understanding how that works and how that functions, the, the impact to change lives is, is, I don't know. Infinite, I don't to, significant. Yeah. yeah. The implications <laughs> for it are, are incredible. And, and that's not, this is not to say that like we have this figured out. We've done a significant amount of research and been on this journey of learning about story and story structures and seeing it play out as we've researched these structures in in scripture and then how it's played out in storytelling and documentary and filmmaking and writing. And, and so we're just on this journey with everybody else but mm-hmm. with this understanding like, man, I, w- when I started this ministry, like I said, I've said this a lot of times, like it started as photography for me. I just wanted to travel the world and be a Nat Geo photographer. And this is a way to do that. I could give my skills, talents, abilities away to the kingdom and feel like I was, you know, being obedient to that call to use those gifts, talents, and abilities for kingdom work. That's how it started. And as I pursued this, the idea of story and storytelling and, and specifically early on in documentary film and filmmaking, um, like it, it just the world continues to open up. And the more yeah. I look into this, the more I realize like, man, that not 
I'm passionate about it because I've done a lot of research into this, but the, the implications mm-hmm. and the ramifications and the value in sharing story and how story has been used and played out over the course of history and how it's playing out in our own lives and the, the value in it for bringing him glory, for edifying the church, for our marketing mm-hmm. purposes, for, I just talked to a guy today in a previous episode that'll co- go live um, on Monday. Uh, he was talking, we were talking about story and storytelling and how they use it. <clears throat> and another implication, another t- way of using story came about in that conversation where they use storytelling um, to, to share with the church what they're doing to engage with people um, in their communities for they, they're a foster care organization. And so mm. um, they, they tell stories to their audience to share. Here's what we did to engage with this family, to serve this family. Well, we, we, it was really simple. We came to their home, asked what their needs were. They said, we need a bed, a mattress or, uh, and a, and a dresser or something. And so we came back and we brought them a mattress and a dresser and they asked, why are you doing this? And they said, and we said, because Jesus cares about you. And so I care about you. And it was this real tangible um, way of showing love to Mm -hmm. people in the community. And they shared that story with the church congregations that they were, that they're trying to reach with their product and their service and their ministry and people kept coming up to him going, I didn't realize it was that simple. I didn't realize it was that simple that that's all it took to engage with people in my community, to share the love of Jesus in my community. Like I've always thought it was something that was so much more complicated, so much mm-hmm. more required me to know my scriptures perfectly, required me to no. have gone through significant training, have required mm-hmm. me to have whatever the barrier mm-hmm. might be in our minds, that story gave permission to that audience to go, Hey, this is a lot more simple than Mm -hmm. we're making it out to be. And here's a tangible way through this story that you can go and start doing this in your community. Yeah. And so again, another application for story and storytelling that is like it, it, it permeates everything about Mm -hmm. ministry and is valuable in every sphere of ministry, whether we're talking to we're, we're doing donor development or talking to our partners, whether we're talking to our participants and, and engaging with the people that we're serving um, and, and inviting them into this journey to be a part of something and, and enter into the freedom that is offered in Jesus or whether it's for his glory or for the edification of the church, like whatever it is, there is implication and application for storytelling. Mm-hmm. And man, we would love to see the church start functioning in that way to start walking in this wiring that we've been given. Um, man, I just say, I say it all the time and I'm going to continue to say it. We are disciples of a storyteller and therefore we should at least, at least be capable storytellers and, and understand and recognize the implications and applications and ramifications of this tool. Um, it's just not it's not just a tool like it goes to the deepest depths of our wiring as humans mm-hmm. um like you said earlier that it physically can heal us my process mm-hmm. of sharing a story with you and you receiving it can physically heal me yep. like therapy has shown that that is the case mm-hmm. right yep. and so man that's a rant that i went off on but i <laughs> we just love it we love the the application so it's been fun to to go through this journey with you and learn yeah. the, 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 the nuances of it and, and get to share what we've learned in this process and, and have you get to start applying it in your writing. It's been a fun journey. So uh, I'm excited I'm where the Lord's so, going to continue so to go for the opportunities that you've given me. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, Valerie, this has uh, been awesome conversation. We're we're over an hour here, so we probably should wrap this up. But if people want to get a hold of you, learn more about your work, if they want to engage with you and have you start helping them get their thoughts down on paper, um, how can they get a hold of you? Well, um, they can get a hold of me by getting a hold of you. Um, 
Reliant contact us. Um, my own website is ValerieReese.com. Okay, cool. And we'll put that in the show notes for everybody. Uh, can I pray for you Absolutely. as we wrap up today? Yeah. Father, I just thank you for Valerie. What a blessing she's been to us. What a blessing she's been to some of our clients. And I just ask that you would continue to bless her as a writer, continue to guide and lead her as she um, writes her own stuff, as she writes for others and um, helps people get their thoughts down on paper and in the written word or in written form, Lord. Um, she has got such an amazing gifting you've given her, and it's fun to watch her. Uh, use those skills and those talents and abilities that you've given her for your glory, for um, for your uh, the edification of your church, for the building up of ministries all over the world. Lord, she's it's been fun to watch her um, use those skills and and abilities and giftings. And so um, I pray that you would just continue to lead and guide her um, in her business and in her endeavors and her skills that they would continue to grow and. Um, flourish and be a blessing to you and your kingdom. Uh, thank you for her willingness to say yes, to use these giftings for your kingdom and for your glory, for her willingness to say, I'll be obedient to this call you've placed on my life. Um, it's been fun to watch that um, take place over the last, or the course of the time that I've known her. And uh, we pray that you would continue to go before her and lead her and guide her and that she would trust in you. She would hear your voice. She would see where you're leading her and guiding her, Lord. We love you. Thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing, this redemptive story of humanity, and uh, in whatever small way we get to be a part of it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome, Valerie. Thanks so much for being on the show, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at ReliantCreative.org. See you next time.